Hello, this is Abby Mickelson, and welcome to Playing It By Ear. Please don't stop the Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Playing It By Ear. Thank you for joining me and as always I would like to start by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Bundjalung people, the traditional custodians of the land on which I am recording today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders here today, also paying my respects to your elders, past, present and emerging. I have a very exciting guest coming up to celebrate the release of his brand new EP, but before we get to that, let's have a look back at this week in music news. We began the week with a huge performance by the weekend at the Super Bowl. Some were unsure of the choice made to have him be the halftime performer, but he absolutely proved his worth. He performed a medley of his biggest hits on a multifaceted stage and wowed millions around the world. He put nine million Australian dollars of his own money to make it as extravagant as it was. And it has been a huge week in the world of Britney with the release of the documentary Framing Britney Spears. Since its release, many have been hashtagging Free Britney, as the documentary put a spotlight on her mistreatment in the media as well as the widely spoken about conservatorship. While the doco was made without Britney's involvement, she is set to release a documentary of her own in the near future. And in sad news, Mary Wilson, one of the original members of the Supremes, passed away this week at 76. Despite replacements, she stayed in the band until they disbanded in 1977, and they were also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988. Fellow member Diana Ross tweeted, I just woke up to this news. My condolences to you, Mary's family. I am reminded each day is a gift. I have so many wonderful memories of our time together. The Supremes will live on in our hearts. And here's a bit of the Supremes to remember that magnificent voice. And Taylor Swift finally announced the release date of one of her re-recorded albums. Fearless, Taylor's version, will be out on April 9th and she released her newly recorded love story to go along with the announcement she made on Good Morning America. Many fans were intrigued why she is releasing Fearless first and not going chronologically beginning with her self-titled album. And that is this week in music news. I am joined by a very special guest today who has released his brand new EP, Gold in the Water, this week, and it is absolutely brilliant. Ormond Brown, welcome to Playing It By Ear. Thank you for having me. Hello. So congratulations on the EP. I genuinely do love it. And you've obviously created it during a very strange time. So how did the pandemic, and in particular the lockdowns you've experienced in London, change your songwriting or musical process? Um, I think the lockdown has massively slowed down <laughs> my songwriting process because it's quite hard to feel inspired when mm. there's so much like ex- existential angst so you sit down to write a song about something which previously felt quite important whether it's a love song or you know a song about about your feelings and then you're basically just swamped by this endless news of like yeah. obviously global catastrophe so it, it's hampered it a bit but with the ep i i, I was able i had a few of those songs were ready before COVID kicked off. 
Okay. So I was able to just kind of focus on them quite epically during the yeah, nice. dance. Well, there are four songs on the EP, including Miracles, which was released at the end of last year. Is there one song out of the four that you're most proud of? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm attached to Golden Gold in the Water, so the title track of the EP. Mm-hmm. Um, I was inspired to write that after watching Marriage Story, the film with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, which came out recently. And I'm really pleased with that. I just think it's... I feel a lot more, or lyrically, I felt a lot more confident about it than other songs because I knew exactly what the song was about from the beginning. So it just came a lot easier. Well, your last album came out in 2019. It was called Darling, It'll Be Alright, and you described it as a positive record, kind of despite the state of the world at the time. It was a lie, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say this EP is similar in its attempt to kind of provide comfort and reassurance in a time of strife? Yeah, I've, I've tried to write more positive songs in general recently just because I wrote a lot of kind of you know sad or melancholy uh, love songs and I I don't know I, I've got two children now and I just wanted to write songs that were slightly more uplifting if, if I could uh, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm happier now so it just that just seems to be what's going through my um going through my brain box but the actual song Gold in the Water is is relatively sad as it's about um a lost love essentially Right. And how there's still some, there's still something there. There's still some tenderness. There's still the the mythology of your relationship and the shared experience, but it's not enough to sustain the relationship. So that one's a, a bit sadder. But yeah, ultimately, I think it's more it's an uplifting EP in general. Yeah, and so you mentioned your children just then. Do you feel pressure because of them, and I guess because you're putting music out into the world to try and keep that positivity? I don't feel pressure. It's just they make me really happy. So mm. I don't feel I don't feel I'm not in that place where I can write um, gloomy songs as much as I love uh, gloomy songs. Um, I'm just not there. So I, I don't yeah. feel um, they're authentic or genuine. Like, I mean, there's that, for instance, there's that song, uh, that Phoebe Bridges song off her first record, Funeral. Yeah. Which is just this tremendous, heartbreaking, I mean, beautiful song. But if I tried to write something like that, uh, it would just, I think it would just come across as, um, I don't know, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't feel real, I think, at the moment. Yeah. But who knows? I'll probably have crushing depression next year and I'll, <laughs> I'll rip. Hopefully rip. not. <laughs> Touchwood, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> well, you've had a lot of your songs appear on TV shows, particularly Sons and Daughters was on a lot. It was on The Good no. Doctor, Parenthood, Rain, all that sort of thing. What does that level of exposure do for your listenership? Uh, it was completely transformative because I wrote that song with my friend uh, Liz Lawrence, who's a tremendous artist. And when we when we did that song, there was nothing going on for me really professionally. And then it suddenly got on all those TV shows, and this was just when Spotify was becoming, you know, sort of the dominant force in streaming. And I suddenly had an audience, you know, all all over the world. So it was completely transformative. And I think that most artists now. It's very crowded now, trying to get on TV because it's such a huge lift uh, financially as well, especially if it's an American show, yeah, because they tend to just spend more money than in England. 
Yeah. And how does that come about? Does someone just approach you from the show? Yeah. Well, I mean, I... So sometimes if you're signed to a label or you have a publishing deal, those those entities, those bodies will pitch your songs to try and get on the shows. Mm-hmm. I was literally, I had nothing going on for me. My first EP came out and a lady called Rachel Komar um, just messaged me on Facebook and she said, I've found your uh, EP on Bandcamp. I love it. Can I be your sync agent? I, I was like working in a restaurant. I said, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but please do it. Yeah. Uh, and then I was very lucky because I got a lot of TV shows in the first couple of years and it was, um, yeah, it was a big deal for me. Yeah. So, yeah, but basically that's how it happens. But now everyone is pitching, you know, to try and get yeah. on those TV shows. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and, you know, luckily there's there's a lot of TV, so hopefully you'll, you'll be luckier more often than not. Is there a show that you'd like to see one of your songs featured on or that you think would be really suited that hasn't already? Uh, I'm, I mean, there are so many shows where you just wish <laughs> your yeah. song was on. I, I was pretty pumped about The Good Doctor because I was actually watching that show. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, I don't know. I, when Girls was on, I, I wish that I'd had a song on Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my wife too. My wife too. After every episode, she was like, "You should have a song on Girls." I'm like, "Yes, I know." <laughs> but uh, I can't. I can't magic listen to me. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. You know, you know, it's really weird actually. The ones that that tend to choose um, your songs, you just have no idea who's going to say, "Oh yeah, can I use this song?" Mm. Um, but hopefully one day I'll get a big movie. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, a really common comment that I came across on your YouTube videos and social medias and things like that is that you're very underrated and that one day you're really going to take off. What do you make of that? Is like, is fame something you're chasing or are you kind of happy where you're at? I mean, obviously everyone wants to succeed, but yeah. I mean, I, I would be lying if I said that you know, being a little bit famous isn't an attractive idea. I think that mm. would be fun. I mean, I don't want to be like, you know, global dominance or anything. Yeah. Um, it's a lovely comment to hear when people say you're so underrated uh, and you should be, you know, you should be a bigger artist. And, and I, I always, you know, think to myself, yes, <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds about right. But, you know, what, what can you do? I, I just want to be able to do this for the rest of my life. That's it. Yeah. Uh, if I can support my family and do this uh, for the rest of my life, that that's, that's the goal because um, mm. I worked in, in restaurants and taught English for 10 years and, and did music on the side. And now I'm a full-time musician. And that is, I mean, that's such a blessing. People, you know, people would, would murder for less. So mm. I'm happy with what I have, but yeah, it would be great if I didn't have to worry about selling tickets, you know, yeah. to, to gigs. That would be nice. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a song I really loved from your last album was Lonely Hearts Los Angeles, which you actually wrote about your ongoing battle with tinnitus. So can you tell me a bit about your experience with that? Uh, I got I got tinnitus at university, so I was I must have been about 21 or 22 and it just suddenly it just suddenly happened and it hit me pretty hard when I first got it. Um, but then you kind of get to this point, I don't know any sort of ongoing condition. I think you just have to decide you decide you either let it you know dominate your life and get you down or you just have to deal with it um so now i've just kind of i just i just kind of crack on mm. but it's uh, every so often it, it raises its head and it is it's um it's stressful but but like i say it's it's i've tried different therapies to cure it or to heal it um but it's quite um i don't know it's quite an this sort of quite ambiguous unknowable condition and it seems to affect people very differently in different ways um i'm okay with it now but mm. when I first got it, it was it was a real struggle because it was just it was so uh, so you know it was inescapable essentially. Yeah. Um, but now I, I yeah I was a big fire big 
it was lovely to write that song uh, and to incorporate it into that into the process. Uh, but now, now I just kind of um, I don't know. Yeah, now I just sort of forgotten about it, which I think is the best way. Yeah. You know, if you can't fix it, you just you just get on with it. Yeah, definitely. It's ringing in my ears all the time. Beneath that noise, a silence so divine. Twenty dollars for a drink from the mini bar. Stare at the sky, but I can't see any stars. Oh, so you have two beautiful kids. What music are they listening to at the moment? Oh man! Uh, <laughs> well. We have a diet of uh, Disney soundtracks, specifically yeah. Disney princesses. So we hit a lot of Frozen, a bit of Tangled, mm-hmm. and then I've introduced some AC/DC in there. Oh, nice! Uh, which is a big hit. My brother and I are big AC/DC fans, so that we we do a lot of that. We do Back to Black most yeah. nights, nice. and I would say another favorite song, a top favorite song, is um, oh, so Dancing on My Own by Robin. Mm-hmm. We listen to that a lot, and that. Brilliant, uh, J.P. Sachs and Julia Michaels song, If the World Was Ending. Yes. Yeah, which um, which is, uh, someone played it to, I was doing a song with someone a long time, all of my uh, song, all of my life, an older song with this producer called Lewis Gardner, and he played it to me, and I was blown away by that song. Mm. It's irritatingly good. Like, it it's is. such it's a good great. idea. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a good idea. It's something like that. I, you just wish you'd thought of it, you know, just really irritatingly clever. Um, so that's about it. But a lot of Disney. A lot of Disney, <laughs> but luckily Disney's great. Yes, so, exactly. And if people if people disagree with me, they can tune off right now. Yeah. Just, <laughs> well, don't unsubscribe. Subscribe. But no, please don't. It's, they're just so good. So that's yeah. That's that's yeah. That's what we listen to in the nice. kitchen. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for having a chat to me today. I really encourage everyone listening to this to stream your new EP, Gold in the Water, and I just can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Take care of yourself. That was Almond Brown there. Seriously, check out his new EP, Gold in the Water. You will not be disappointed. All right, it's time now for my top seven songs of the past seven days. Of course, my first one is Taylor's new version of Love Story. It sounds remarkably like the original. To the casual listener, you probably couldn't tell the difference. And it shot back to number one and sold 10,000 copies on the first day in the US alone. Next up is We're Good by Dua Lipa. This is from the, I guess, deluxe edition of her hugely successful Future Nostalgia, now known as Future Nostalgia, the Moonlight Edition. People made jokes of it starting with I'm on an island, which was pretty funny considering the trouble she's found herself in for not being the most sensible when it comes to the pandemic. But I really did love this song and the new release of the album includes some great new songs as well as some of the collaborations she has been a part of since Future Nostalgia was released. Next up is Cover Me in Sunshine by Pink and her daughter Willow. I love Pink, I love almost everything she has done and this was such a sweet song. We've heard Willow before in the reimagined album of The Greatest Showman with the reprise of A Million Dreams and she actually has a really beautiful voice for a kid and it goes really well with her mums and this song just warmed my heart and 
The video clip as well was really sweet with some home videos of the two of them over the years. And we've all been waiting for Kings of Leon's upcoming album, When You See Yourself, which will be out on March 5th, so just a few more weeks to go. This week, they released the third single from that album, Echoing. I really loved it. It was classic Kings of Leon and made me really excited for the album. They're just a great band, and I, I feel like it's hard for them to release anything less than brilliant. Rita Ora released a new EP this week with Imin Beck. I actually loved every song and it was hard to pick a favourite, but I particularly enjoyed Bang Bang. The song samples Axel F from Beverly Hills Cop, or for people my age, it's the Crazy Frog tune, so that was a bit of fun nostalgia, but it was interesting. She said she was hesitant to use such an iconic tune, but as she was alone in the recording process, she had to kind of trust her own instinct, and I think it was a good choice. I think it's fun and a bit of a throwback for everyone. I also think Rita Ora is one of the most underrated artists. I know people know of her and her biggest hits, but she is fantastic. She's so talented, and I think she deserves more recognition than she currently receives. And next up is Too Many Feelings by Rule. I am baffled whenever I remember that this kid is only 18. He is so talented. He's an Aussie as well. He reminds me a lot of Shawn Mendes. I remember seeing him live opening for the 1975 and if you close your eyes, it really, it could be Shawn Mendes. And I think he has opened for Shawn Mendes as well. Um, and I mean that as a compliment. I think Shawn Mendes is incredibly talented and I think Rule is as well and he has a massive future ahead of him. Wasn't enough to be honest should have been dust in my pocket. I had enough, but I lost it all. And finally, my last song for this week is Only Love Can Save Me Now by The Pretty Reckless from their new album, Death by Rock and Roll. I am so glad that The Pretty Reckless are back, of course, fronted by Gossip Girl's Taylor Momsen. I think she's amazing. She's so cool. I love their sound and their vibe. I actually saw them as well at Soundwave in 2012 which, rest in peace, Soundwave, you are dearly missed. And she is just who I want my alter ego to be, I guess. I think she's really, really cool. Well, that was my top seven songs of the past seven days. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can follow the podcast now at Playing It Podcast on Instagram. And I'm going to leave you, as always, with my song of the week. I was on a long 11-hour solo road trip the other day, and this came on shuffle. And it's from the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack, which is such an amazing musical. I was lucky enough to see it on Broadway. Uh, music by the amazing Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, who were behind the music of The Greatest Showman as well. It was the song Words Fail. And this previously hasn't been one of my favorites from the musical, but I ended up putting it on repeat for over an hour. And I'm actually going to play a section of the song from towards the end. Usually I'll play it from the beginning, but this section is really, really what got me into it on the drive. So here it is, sung by Ben Platt, who is also brilliant. Thank you for joining me, and I'll be back next week. Bye! No, I'd rather pretend I'm something better than these broken parts. 
pretend I'm something other than this mess that I am Cause then I don't have to look at it And no one gets to look at it No, no one can really see Cause I learned to slam on the ring Before I even turn the What if everyone saw? What if everyone knew? Would they like what they saw? Or would they hate it too? 